you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. And good morning. Welcome to Living Streams. So, you guys look so good. I just want to hug everybody. I'm not lying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Thessalonians, and we're going to look at chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. We've got a message titled Next Level Gratitude. Um, you know, Paul's beginning to look toward the end of his letter here. And he's starting to speak about his gratitude that he has in his heart for his spiritual children and what happened to them. And uh, he encourages them. Thank you, Amy. I have to have this because last week I preached my voice gone and it's still getting to me. So he encourages them. And he asks God and Jesus to help them uh, in what they're going through. So let's read these verses, verses 13 to 17. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm. And hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope, through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for your word this morning. It is packed with good things, and I pray that you would overwhelm us with it today, stir up that gratitude in our hearts that you that you want us to have. Pray the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. So this past Christmas, uh, my daughter, Casey, my oldest daughter, and son-in-law, Carl, got us this amazing awesome Christmas gift. Coffee. Yeah. Now, as awesome as that would be, you know, just on its own, this coffee comes to us once a month from a different place around the world. So we get the beans, you know, and and, uh, it, and then we open it up and see where it's from, and, and there's this description in there, you know, like, this coffee has got undertones of butterscotch and overtones of cherry and a dark chocolate aftertaste. It's pretty good. So we grind it up, you know, we, we get it out, we grind it up. I mean, we're doing this, like, with joy, you know. And it, it's coming all year long we get to do this. And every time it comes, I say a thank you to my daughter, Casey, and Carl. It's a good gift. Well, gratitude is something that God wants us to have in our life all the time. I mean, he told the Thessalonians through Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong 
to Christ Jesus. So God wants us to be thankful no matter what is happening in our lives. And that can seem impossible because our lives are not always sunny. It rains and there's very painful, difficult days. How can we have gratitude when the days get dark? When death touches our family? When we don't get the job? When we don't get the answer to prayer? How can we stay grateful? Well, let me suggest to you to make a good list. Make a good list. Take a few minutes and write down anything good in your life and then recognize where that good came from. From the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. So in in Paul's words of gratitude here for the Thessalonians, he's making a good list. It's amazing, all these gifts that God has given to them and to us. And so by my count, there's 22 good gifts of God in those five verses. So if you're a believer in Jesus, you can probably spot them in your life. And we need to because they will make an overwhelming good list in our lives that God has done. And it will take our gratitude up to another level. This is my very first message without one point. Actually, there's 22 points, but I didn't want to scare you. (laughs) This is just a list. It's a good list. Verse 13, Paul speaks about his gratitude over his brothers beloved by the Lord. The first gift is a spiritual family. You know, when you are in the Lord... Uh, when, when you have the same spiritual father, he, re, he makes us related. He connects us in a very real relational way, no matter if we know each other, no matter if we look like each other, it doesn't matter. When you meet a brother or sister in the Lord, it's so often you sense a spiritual bond. You know, it's just an immediate connection. That's it. That's the family connection. And, you know, I think I've most noticed this when I go on a mission trip, um, you know, and I meet somebody for the first time who is a brother or sister in the Lord. And and almost immediately, it's like I've met this long distance relative and we've got this common history. For instance, I got a picture to show you. This guy is named, we call him B2, but his name is Anchor. Anchor Maquan is Pastor Maquan's nephew. And he's been our driver in India, hundreds and hundreds of miles in India. He, he takes us on those roads. Uh, he, uh, he took me to my first mall in India, and I had my first McChicken in India, and on the back of a motorbike, and you know, my first ride on a motorbike, uh, probably my last ride on a motorbike <laughs> as well. But you know something? I miss him like I miss my own son who's in Texas. God does that. He gives us this spiritual family. And he does it because he knows that it is not good for man to be alone. And on our own, our families get so messed up. But born again comes along, spirit comes along, and he changes things, and he redeems things, and family is one of those things. If you've got a messed up family, hey, look, we got a messed up family in here too, but we're here for you. (laughs) It's a good gift. Paul says these brothers were beloved by the Lord. Beloved by the Lord. That's the second gift. We can claim from God, we are loved by Him. Yeah. He is our creator. 
He created each and every one of you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. We are unique. If you just look at the tip of your fingertip, you can have evidence of your uniqueness. There is no one like you, even if you have an identical twin. There is no one like you. Why? Why did God make you? He is complete in and of himself. He did not need you. He wanted you. He wanted you. He wanted to know you. He wanted to love you. He wanted you to enjoy him and exalt him in your life. He proved this love for us, as Romans 5.8 tells us, while we were still sinners, while we didn't want anything to do with him, while we rebelled against him, Christ died for us. Amazing love. This is the kind of love, this love for God. It's life-changing. It is life-transforming. It never goes away. It never grows cold. It is never hard to find. It is amazing. It is everlasting. It is high and deep and wide and long. You can wake up to it every morning. You can live on it all day long. Put it on the list. It's a good gift. Paul says, I should always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by God, because he chose you to be the first fruits of salvation. Three more gifts here in these sentences. God chose you. As a believer in the Lord, you've been chosen to believe. You didn't do anything to earn that gift. God, because he is God, wanted you to be in his family. He made a personal choice to create you and bring you into his family. Now, I know there's difficulties with that, you know, and what that means for people who aren't believers and how that works out, but our God is sovereign over all he has made. He's sovereign over that. And he shows us in the Bible, through his word, example after example of him choosing For no other reason other than he is God. So it's not based on who we are or what we do. It's based on who he is and what he does and what he wants. I mean, he chose Abraham to be the father of the Israelites. Why? You read about Abraham's history and he, he wasn't all that great of a guy. He chose Jacob over Esau. He chose Israel out of all the nations to be his people. And guess what? He chose you, believer, to be in his family. It's a gift, and it should be on the the list. The next gift is to be the first fruits. The Thessalonians were the first fruits of those saved in their town. They were the first church plant in Thessalonica. And their response to being first, we read about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and this shining example of who they became, you know, how they lived out their faith, and how they became an example to all the churches in Macedonia. And it just rang out that everybody was talking about the people in Thessalonica, how they were believing under persecution. And so that gift to them, the first fruits, it translates to a different gift for us purpose. Purpose. Since we aren't going to be the first fruits in Thessalonica or McCordsville of being saved, this gift that God has given us is purpose. When God brings you into his family, he has a purpose for you. He'll have things for you to do. You know, Pastor Rick Warren, he wrote this book called The Purpose Driven Life. 
As of 2020, it sold 50 million copies in 85 languages. A testimony to our hunger as a people to know what on earth we are here for. And God gives us a gift of purpose. It is a good gift to go on your good list. Next is salvation. Oh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it is by grace you have been saved. And this through faith, not of yourselves, a gift from God so that no one can boast. Your salvation is a gift. We deserved hell. We received heaven. We were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We were saved from eternal death to eternal life. Our address changed to an eternal address we call heaven home. Our sins had us at the bottom of this pit living for ourselves. We could not get out and we were rescued, rescued up, born again to a living hope. All of it was given to us. And the more you think about it, the more your gratitude goes to the next level. Salvation is on the list. Paul mentions this happened through sanctification by the Spirit. Sanctification is the process of our transformation of our heart and life and mind to look more like Jesus. It starts at salvation. And God's going to take you just as you are, just as you sit here right here today. If salvation hasn't come into your life, He will start today If you receive him into your life, he will start today in this process of changing you to look like um, his son. So he takes you just as you are, but he doesn't leave you that way. Thank God I'm different than I was when I got saved. I know Lori thanks God. (laughs) I mean, if you only knew. I'm glad you don't, but. So he takes us through this process of sanctification to work out our salvation. He wills and to work inside of us to change who we are. He takes you through the fires of purification. He puts us into the refiner's fire and dross comes out and he makes us beautiful. You know, your personality doesn't change. He created you. He gave you your personality. But what happens is he knocks off all the rough edges and he polishes off all the smudges of sin. You become your Eden-like person. It's you, but it's perfect you. That's where you're headed. And listen, it's a crockpot process. Crockpot process. It takes the rest of your life. It ends when you see him face to face. You can help the process or you can hurt the process, but God won't leave you alone no matter where you're at in all of that. He'll keep calling. He'll keep changing. He'll keep cooking you to looking more like his son. It is a very good gift. Happens through the Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, another good gift, one of the most incredible gifts we've been given by God, His Holy Spirit, comes to us when we believe. Jesus called Him the Helper. Paul says He helps us in our weaknesses. We are sealed by Him. At salvation comes in, indwells in us, and He makes us useful for the kingdom of God. He makes us productive to bear fruit for the kingdom. The Spirit is the one who provides the resurrection power that we need to be taught, to be changed, to work, and to glorify Jesus. It all comes from the Spirit. He bears good fruit in our life, like love and joy and peace and patience, all of those things, no matter what's going on. 
in our lives. All of it. You know, the Spirit even prays for us when, you know, we don't know what to pray or how to pray. He groans for us to God. He's our helper. He helps us in our weaknesses. And He bears witness to Jesus through our lives. He bears witness to Him. He he protects us with spiritual armor. He gives us strength. He gives us discernment and life. You know, the Christian life is not Christian and, in fact, is not life without the power of the Holy Spirit. He is a good gift, amazing, good gift. Put him on the list. Put him on the list. Paul adds two more as he finishes verse 13 in this sentence. Belief and truth. You know, your faith in Jesus is a gift. It's a gift. So we have been, we have been made sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. None of us has ever seen Jesus, but we are certain of him. We are certain of who he is, the Son of God, and what he did, dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the grave. We are certain of that, and that all stirs a hope in us, a hope for what we do not see. What do we not see? We don't see our death, and we don't see our resurrection, but because of Jesus and our faith in him, we have hope. We're going to rise from the grave. It's, It's faith coming from God. Now, this is the kind of faith that pleases God. When we go to him, we run into his room, and we say, Daddy, I need help. He wants us to do that. You know, praying means asking. The word is asking. And I know we like add the other things in there, and we should. But praying is a request. Daddy, I need help. That's my favorite prayer. <laughs> I prayed a lot. So this faith, he is pleased when we, when we do that. Uh, it, it can be, you know, with that faith, it can be as small as a mustard seed. As small as a mustard seed, and it moves mountains. It doesn't have to be very big. It makes nothing impossible for those who believe. It shows us a path to walk that our eyes cannot see. This is the kind of faith we're talking about. It was given to us by our good God. Put it on the list. And Paul says we have faith in a uh, in, in a truth, you know, we have faith in a lot of things in our life. And, and you can tell what you have faith in by your behavior. You know, like if, if uh, you take an umbrella with you when you go outside or put the raincoat on, it means you believe the weatherman. You have faith in the weatherman that he's given you a good forecast. You take vitamins in the morning, it's because someone said they were good for you. And you believe them. You go to the doctor, he tells you how to get better. If you do what he says, you have faith in your doctor. Faith shows up in your life in behavior. Paul says this gift of faith is a faith in the truth. When we know the truth, we have been given a gift. You know how hard it is to find truth today? I know you know. I mean, where do you go? You can read two opposing opinions about the same thing. You know, there's so much information available to us today coming at us from all sides so you can find your opinion somewhere else and say, that is truth. But if it's not true for everybody, it's not truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He said, when we would know the truth, the truth would set us free. Yeah. He, he, he said about the spirit that the spirit is a spirit of truth. And he would guide us into all truth and he would give us words to say when we needed them. The truth is a person. 
He is divine. He gives us solid ground for our life. And we can share that truth with other people who are looking for it. Can you believe that? Can you believe that we know the truth? With all that out there? It's a gift. God has given it to us. Paul begins a new sentence here with two more gifts. To this he called you through our gospel. Your calling to faith was a gift. God didn't just let you wander around in your life, bumping into things, you know, in your own wisdom and mistakes and messes. He kept calling out to you. You didn't seek him before he started seeking you. He's the one who leaves the 99 to go after the one. He's still doing that today. You know that one, the one that's walking around in dangerous places, doing dangerous things, headed for a disastrous ending? They would keep doing that if Jesus, the good shepherd, didn't call out to them. Because he says his sheep know his voice. You remember how he called out to you? You remember that? Your heart heard his voice. And you turned to him. And you found this good shepherd embrace. You thought you were miles away. But he was right there. All the time. It is a good gift when he calls your name. That call comes through the gospel. Paul says, the good news. The good news is this. God created you. But you walked away from God. You rebelled against him. You started doing life without him. And so your creator wanted you so badly, he sent his own son to live our life, but without rebellion. Always in sync with his heavenly father, never sinning against him. And that made him able to give himself as a sacrifice for the sins of everyone on the cross. And when he did that, his blood was shed. And that was what the payment was for our sins. We find forgiveness for our sins. We find a a uh, restored relationship with God through that sacrifice. And then his death on that cross was not the last word. Three days later, he conquered death. I mean, he just beat it flat out. It did not have a hold on him. And that proved he was the son of God who can take away the sin of the world. And by trusting Him with your life, you will have life with Him forevermore starting the day you believe. You know, not everybody has heard of Jesus. We learned at Secret Church, three billion people don't even have the ability to hear His name because they don't have access to the gospel. They are unreached in the world. Three billion people in the world today. They don't even know His name. I've had the very great privilege of sitting in a living room in India and telling people for the first time about Jesus with Pastor. Amazing, amazing opportunity. They are out there. And when you know what happens when you tell people about Jesus who have never heard of him? Well, they believe. They, they believe. That, that. I don't know. There's over 20 churches in India because Pastor is sharing about Jesus. Even over the phone. It works. He's, at, he's working. So that, that it's work. There's, there's a mission going on. It's working. Some know his name but don't understand uh, who he is or what he, what he did. They're kind of, you know, he's just a curse word. Some have heard the good news, 
But they're thinking, I don't really need that. I'm good. I'm, I'm a good person. You know, I'll take my chances with the man upstairs when I see him. And some people think they have believed in the gospel because they have agreed with the gospel. You know, I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> if Jesus is the ticket out of hell and he took all my punishment, then Jesus is for me. That's not belief. That's agreement. Oh my goodness, people, do you understand? Do you understand the good gift of the gospel in your life? Oh my goodness, people get the, hear the gospel all the time and walk away from it. Why me? Why you? Because God loves you. I don't know why, but put it on the list. It's a good, good gift, the good news given to us by our Father in heaven. Hey, you know what? We're halfway. We're halfway. The results of the calling through the gospel was that we'd be able to obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good gift, the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you might think, well, it might be a little bit of a head-scratcher on the list. You know, what does that mean? What does it look like? Well, it has to do with Jesus coming back. He's going to make this grand entrance into the world. He will bring a great victory that claims uh, a, a victory over sin and the devil. And he will start a great kingdom or he will consummate his his great uh, kingdom. As his followers, we will participate in all three of those things when he comes back. We will be part of a great entrance to Jesus, of Jesus to the world. We will be given victor's crowns as part of the victory that he won over sin and death. And we will reign with him in a great kingdom that is obtaining the glory of Jesus. We're going to be part of all that. All of that is a good gift of God. It's going to happen to us. It fuels our hope. We know where we're going to be when that starts to go down and what we will be experiencing. If you have ever stood on the top of a metal stand or won a blue ribbon, you kind of know. A special, what a special feeling that is. Verse 15, Paul begins with some encouragement to his spiritual children. Stand firm. Hold on to the traditions you were taught. The New Living Translation says it like this. Stand firm and take a strong grip on the teachings. Think of where you would be without the teachings. They were passed on to us by someone. You know, I was taught how to worship. I was taught how to pray. I was taught how to read my Bible, how to serve, how to love, how to give, how to walk by faith. Discipleship, that's what we're talking about. It happens when in, in a relationship as one believer shows another believer who is following the Lord how to follow the Lord. That's discipleship. That's how we pass it on. I'm still being taught. Iron is still sharpening iron. In, in my life. I don't know where I would be without the teachings, but I'm so grateful to have received them. And again and again and again, it is something for your good list. Put it on the list. Paul says those traditions, those teachings, they were passed on by him. Another good gift for your list are the teachers. The messengers of God who were coming into your life to tell you about his love and mercy and goodness and grace. Now, you'll have to start another list. It's another good list of names for this one. So it's like a sub-list of the good list. I think mom would like that. <laughs> sub-list of the list. 
you just want to make a list of names of all the people who have taught you things that God has shown you through their lives. My parents were the first ones to start teaching me. Larry and Joyce Ossendorf taught me, you know, as, their, as my youth counselors. You know, and then along comes Lori, and she starts teaching me. And then my pastors, Pastor Hubert and Pastor Randy, uh, still still teaching me uh, today. And and my friends, you know, my Barnabases. I mean, there's even this Isaiah kid who's hanging around here that's starting to teach me. I mean, really, it's amazing. Put teachers on the list, and then make another list of all the names of people who have taught you over the years. And then share with them the good things that have happened because of their teaching. That's what the word says to do in Galatians. Share with them because they need to know. Thank you, God, for the gift of teachers. You've gifted them. You give them a heart to pass it on to us. Thank you, God. Paul says, uh, Paul's teachings to the Thessalonians came to them in one of two ways. Either by uh, by the word of his mouth or by uh, his hand. He wrote them by letter. And so the messengers in our lives were given a message to share with us. And that's a good gift. The message. Now think about this book we have right here. It's a a good gift. This, This is a book of history. This is a book of truth. It's a book of life and a book of worship. It's it's an amazing spiritual book that God uses to renew our minds. He gives us eyes to see the world the way he sees it through this book. We so need that today. We so need it. It's amazing. You know, there's no other book. I mean, I don't care if it's a religious book or any other kind of book. There is no other book that has the promises that this book has. You know, like 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares on the Lord because He cares for you. That's a promise that you can cling to. And we, we need to cling to the promises. Promises that tell us that God is, is there and God is here. And God sees us and He cares about us. He's collecting our tears in this bottle. This book, I, I got that. Yeah, I got that from. That's not my. That's God's word. <laughs> you can read that at home. Promises that tell us that when we leave this body, we're present with the Lord. Not to mention all the wisdom we get for living. It's all from this message: guidance, hope, light, soul nutrition. What a message. What a book. Put it on the list. It is good. In verse 16, Paul starts to talk about a blessing over his spiritual children. He's asking God and Jesus to give them help. And he mentions there that they've been given eternal comfort. There is no other place that you can go but Jesus to receive eternal comfort. There's no other place. He's the one who solved our biggest problem, death. He solved it. You know, this this part of our life that we're living that takes up so much of our mind and thoughts and emotions and worries and fears is over in the blink of an eye. The Bible says we're like a mist. And we really are here today and, and gone tomorrow. And Jesus said in, to his disciples in John 14, he was going to prepare a place for them. 
And when everything was ready, he was going to come back and he was going to get them. And he was going to take them to be with him so that they would always be with the Lord forever. That is some good eternal comfort. He knows the day of our death. Do you believe that? Do you believe you can change the day of your death? Think about that with this pandemic that's going on. Think about it. There's peace there. There's peace. One day he's coming back. Here. And the world as we know it is going to be remade with fire. And this is what he's going to remake it to. Revelation 21, 1-5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth from the, for the old heaven, and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her, her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now amongst people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And we have it to read. A good gift. This is what we have to look forward to. Eternal comfort. Put it on your list. We also have a good hope. You know, hope is only as good as what you're hoping in. And the vaccine is giving us a very great example of bad hope. If you think about it. I mean, you know, we hear, we hear about, you know, someone getting reinfected after the vaccine. Or, or the variants overcoming the vaccine. Or, uh, yeah, overcoming the vaccine. And we're going to have to get another shot in six months or a year. And then we're going to have to do it every year. I mean, come on. Causes their hope to get a little shaky about this COVID thing, don't you think? But our hope is good and strong because we're hoping in God. We're hoping in God. And the Bible says that all of his promises, all of them are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So in fact, this, you know, this hope that we have in God, it is so good. It keeps us prisoner. As Zechariah 9.12 says. We are prisoners of this hope because all we have to do is remember who we're hoping in and what he can do. And when life falls apart, when our hope goes into, you know, into meltdown mode, his, our hope in God, it keeps us prisoner. It keeps us. It keeps us going. It's a good gift for your good list. Paul says, all of this comes through grace. That's the next one. You know, we could call this good list a good list of grace. God's grace poured out on his people, his favor poured out on his children in special and unique ways in our lives, depending on on what we need. 
A grace we did not earn, a grace that we did not deserve. In fact, if we could earn it and deserve it, it wouldn't be grace. A common grace that he pours out on everyone, regardless of whether they acknowledge him or not. A saving grace that comes to us when we believe in Jesus. And special, unique grace that comes to each one of us uniquely in whatever's going on in our lives. It shows up. God, give us eyes to see it. It's a good gift just because he loves us. We find life in his son. All of this is good gifts for your good list. Grace. Verse 17, Paul gets to to the help that he's asking God to send them. And he mentions comfort again. But this time, it's not eternal comfort. This time, it's heart comfort. It's comfort in the here and now. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction. I pray this prayer a lot. That God would comfort people in their suffering. You know, grief is a product of death. And death was never supposed to be. This world was created without death. But sin brought death into the world. And so it comes then to all of our lives in one form or another. And we will all experience it in some way. And then we will have grief over the loss of life. Physical life, emotional life, spiritual life, and relational life. There's nothing good about it. Except maybe this one thing. That the God of all comfort draws us near when we are suffering, when we are in the middle of it. His presence brings a peace that passes all understanding. His comfort brings a divine touch that we cannot understand and it gets us through the next moment. It stinks that it has to be on our good list, but I'm glad it is. God's comfort is the only medicine that I know of that helps us overcome grief that we experience in this fallen world. So put it on your good list. The next one is that Paul asks them, Paul asks God to establish their hearts. That's give them strength. Strength in their in their heart. You know, we don't have to go through this life, this suffering, this present darkness in our own strength. We don't have to follow Jesus in our own strength. Our God is called a strong God. Psalm 147 verse 5 says, Great is the Lord and abundant in strength. There is no army that can defeat Him. (laughs) There is no storm He cannot calm. There is no plague, no disaster, no enemy, no problem that will overcome Him or that will puzzle Him. (laughs) And so... We, as his children, are called in Ephesians 6.10 to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. If it was up to me, I wouldn't get home. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. If it was up to my strength. But thank God it's not. God's strength for our hearts is available to us. 
He loves to give it to us and show himself through weak people. He does. It's a good gift. The comfort and strength that Paul is talking about has a purpose. We've been given good works to do to bring glory to Jesus and increase the fame of his name. We learned that at Secret Church. The general purpose for all believers is to enjoy God and exalt him. If you're looking for a purpose in your life and you're a believer, start there. Align everything with that purpose. To enjoy Him and exalt Him forever. How do we do that? We do it by carrying out the good works that He has called us to do. You know, there's a whole bunch of VBS signups back there that would allow you to do good works. You should stop by there and talk to the, you know, the beautiful lady who's back there behind the table, who's like directing VBS. She will help you enjoy God and exalt Him forever. (laughs) Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's masterpiece. Remember your fingertip. Unique. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God wants you to serve at VBS. Those good things are good gifts to our lives. Not just to bless others, but so we can enjoy God and exalt Him forever. And last but not least, Paul mentions words. (laughs) Words. Good words that go along with those good works. And believers have so many good words that we can share. If you think about it. We can share this with other people. We're given comfort and strength in our hearts so we can speak life to people. Jesus had the words of life. You know, remember when um, he asked his disciples if they were going to leave because the crowd was hearing this crazy teaching about eating his flesh and drinking his blood and they were like, you're crazy, Jesus, and they left. And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, are you going to leave too? And they said, where would we go? You are the one who has the words of life. Now, he's given us those words. He's given us those words, words that people need to hear in their pain and in their unbelief and in their problems and their worries and their fears. Truthful words, loving words, words full of grace and mercy, words that bring light and healing and reconciliation, words that bring strength and comfort and assurances. No one else has the words of life but Jesus. And we've been given them as a gift. Put them on your list. It'll make your gratitude go up. Let's have our worship team come back up. Okay, so here's a picture of the good list. Have a look. All of these things... In five verses. Good gifts that have been given to you as a believer in Jesus Christ. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. 
Let it overwhelm you. We didn't deserve a single one of them. But we've been given them by a good, good God. And it helps us to live out His will, to be thankful in all circumstances. You know, we've got some really painful things happening in our church body. We've got some things happening that are stirring up worries and fears. Jesus told us, so does followers in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I present to you this good list for your hearts to take heart today. Take heart, hoping that will increase your gratitude. Take it to another level in spite of what you're going through. We're going to sing, Good, Good Father. And then we're going to close with some thank you prayers together. Um, And I know for some of you, this is going to be a sacrifice of praise. And if it's too difficult to sing today, let your church family sing it for you and proclaim it to your heart. God is good. He has got you and he will get you through. Let's stand.